0: okay we're fun. trying to do something chill because for some reason we believe in our own intelligence and interesting conversations we should yes, start with a we disclaimer. Are the most
1: interesting people
2: in the this world this is
0: a practice in narcissism
2: <laughs> we should start with a disclaimer that all of us we know oh a, a, just a little bit more than nothing so
0: and we're just <laughs> <Yeah>. sharing that
2: <laughs> welcome to 100 day rebuild thank you for so much for joining us today um, to our future listeners, wow! Like we're starting this 100-day journey today, and we'll wrap up on July 20, whatever, however day that'll be. This is this is the kickoff. You know, our first guest is Carolyn
1: Wu.
0: Hello, it is nice to meet you all, our imaginary audience.
2: <laughs> exactly. Well put. Yeah. Carolyn is a um, senior at the University of Michigan,
1: longtime friend, and very interesting person has lots of views on faith i think that's the one, uh, okay that's gonna be the focus today i think we're going to talk about faith mostly
0: okay
1: faith and social issues it's like the I topics of the right? day
2: yeah the topics of the day that
0: literally covers like half the things in the world
2: but yes. yeah yeah
0: <laughs> all right exactly i am down
1: perfect how about you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background
0: All right, I shall do that. Especially
1: faith, I guess. In relation
0: to faith. Um, So hi, everyone, as Jason and Joseph have very kindly introduced. Um, My name is Carolyn, and I am currently 22 years old as of two weeks ago, and for the first 18 years of my life, I would honestly say for the first 20 years of my life, I was a very hardcore evangelical. Um, And I grew up with a, um, with Asian parents in a non-denominational church in the Midwest, um, so for some context this is the perfect intersection of Chinese culture, that kind of work ethic and authoritarian structure aligning with, um, very white evangelical bordering on fundamentalist circles, um, to throw some names out, um, my father was very involved in basic life principles and Bill Gothard, if you've if you're in very fundamentalist circles, he was a really big influence in the 90s as a reaction to um, the sexual revolution of the 80s. So they really pushed like family values, um, being very strict about sex and purity, and really, really valuing the respect of um, men in the household and just men in authority in general. Um, my mother really thought that the Duggars were the epitome of a perfect family and the ideal Christian household. Um, the Duggars are a reality TV family of 21 kids and counting. They had 21 kids. My mother only had four, but, you know. Yes. (laughs) And, um, I did grow up very immersed in theology. Um, I read a lot as a child, and I was very, very religious growing up. I would still say that I still am, but, um, I was definitely someone who would latch onto a worldview or a vision and really take it as far as I could. Um, So, for example, in middle school, I believed very strongly in mission work and evangelism, and so I was the kid in school who would, you know, pass out Bible tracts, pray for all of my non-Christian friends, try to convert everyone, throw in random Bible verses into conversation where it was not necessary, fast in school, you know, do the whole... um, Religious, yeah, as evangelical as one can get.
1: So what changed?
0: Yes. Um, so I think going to high school, um, having a youth pastor really helped me understand um, love and, like, the grace aspect instead of this idea that we have to constantly be saving people, whereas when I was younger, I think uh, that fear-based, um, hell-based belief was really emphasized. So that was a really big shift. So I turned into putting like all my energy into building community in high school, um, and so that was like I mean definitely a positive shift that was really impactful. Um, being part of a political organization that really emphasized like cross um, party conversations. We and which KSA. one was that? What? Which one was that? It was called um, JSA in high school. All right. Yeah, that really helps me see other perspectives, but I don't think anything really changed till college, Um, like, probably around the second half of my sophomore year when I started reading and following a lot more progressive Christians on Twitter.
2: So, I think that provides a great segue, like, you provided a sort of big picture overview of, like, Mm -hmm. your background, um, your beliefs growing up, and especially how the people around you, especially your family, influenced you um, through high school and now we're at college, like, um, you you always, Kayla's always one who talks about like the phrase deconstruction, which is sort of like picking apart your beliefs and sort of starting from ground zero. Could you take us through like some of those moments, um, what it was like, how it felt um, to go through that in college especially? Yeah.
0: Um, I think one deconstruction moment um, was definitely around um, male authorities, I would say. Um, sophomore year, um, during, shall we cut? We won't cut this out. Um, during my first relationship, um, we had to talk a lot about what a biblical relationship looked like, um, and so growing up, I was always taught like, you know, the man is the head of the household. And it's a symbol of Christ and the church. And so in a marriage relationship, the woman is the church and um, the man is the head, who is Christ. Um, And so a lot of evangelical explanations kind of work around submission um, in a sense of, you know, you just have different roles. You're not lower. Um, But the more I learned about these different concepts, the more I just saw how much it enabled abuse and Um, took away from the agency and, like, passions of women. Um, Not that that's true in every scenario, um, but that was the first time I had to confront a belief that, not the first time, but that was probably a major belief that was just taken for granted as equivalent to being a Christian or equivalent to, like, the truth of the gospel, where, like, you know, you believe in gender roles and you believe that God created man and woman differently, and that was just, like, such a base belief um, and so those like kind of outside beliefs, that around like gender, around politics, kind of all started to shift. But I think m- the most fundamental one it was probably Good Friday, um, sophomore year, where the pastor was just really preaching about the wrath of God um, and the idea of punishing Jesus on the cross for our sins. I think that was the first time I realized that like this wasn't what I believed in anymore. I didn't believe in a wrathful and punitive God and I didn't really believe that our sin, that God needed to inflict pain to forgive our sins, um, which came also a lot from N.T. Wright, who is, you know, still a very prominent Christian theologian. But I think that was my first true diversion from my church community.
1: Mm, Okay, so God is not... Okay, so there's the wrath aspect, and then with the, like, male authority aspect, there's also, like god is seen as like a hierarchical Mm -hmm. figure so like on the flip side of that like how like how do you see god now
0: um i think i see god as someone who really desires the flourishing wholeness and health of humanity um both in community and also individually so like you know God. What God really wants is for us to be who God created us to be and that's people who reflect God's image and that image is one of you know creation and creating things that are beautiful of art and of joy and of um, being able to have fulfilling loving relationships with each other um, where we can just bring glory to God but in a way that is also contributing to our own growth and wholeness. So I think the word I would always use is restoration, but not restoring to something in the past, but to this, like, ideal that has never existed.
2: That makes a lot of sense. Um, When you talk about restoration, I think a word that stuck out to me was punitive. Um, I heard that word said before on a call earlier this week. And I think for me, in terms of figuring out, like, where I stand on a lot of these certain beliefs and especially when it comes to theo- theology that governs a lot of your worldview it's like to build a world or a faith that's less punitive
1: mm-hmm. that's yes. less
2: like unnecessarily harsh in my yes. view um, which is what I've seen in terms of in my journey throughout this so yeah and it applies to society as well so yeah, um, yeah well.
0: in my classes I think in like trauma and in racism really like helps inform my theology, which was really interesting, because I believe that when you have a more trauma-informed worldview, you better understand the doctrine of sin and who God is, versus when you have a, um, I guess a worldview that sees more people as, like, either good or bad for, like, kind of arbitrary reasons, like, just inherently good or bad. Um, when you understand trauma and how, and poverty and how that leads people to commit more crimes, Um, or to be more violent, or just to have things that we consider sin. Sin no longer becomes this like arbitrary thing that we just like randomly have because we're all evil people, Mm -hmm. but as an unhealthy way to cope with the brokenness that we've experienced, inflicted on us and in the world. So it's not that we're not responsible for it, but it's that there are larger systemic reasons for our our unhealthy behavior. Mm
1: -hmm. So sin is... Wait, that was a good quote. So sin is an unhealthy
0: response response
1: to the brokenness, n- brokenness and injustices that yeah already hmm. interesting that's like completely different from like what we were raised with yeah right? which
0: is just you're a bad person and you should feel bad about
1: yeah, it yeah yeah, yeah. Hmm. so like
0: also shout out to joe L- lumen i don't know how to pronounce her last name but i that thought is from her and her twitter
1: so i think the most common pushback you get to that that i've heard personally mm-hmm. is like you know whenever i talk about social issues or politics or things that have affected my views on faith the, the common response is like well is that from the bible or it's <laughs> like you know like you know shouldn't shouldn't spiritual restoration be the re- the real important issue here not mm-hmm. all these other like worldly things so how do you how do you think about that and like how have your views changed on that
0: yeah i think i definitely grew up thinking that like spiritual things and religious things um were of the utmost importance and my dad definitely like my parents definitely this, which is like you know political systems like trying to help social good will all fail because people die and go to heaven anyways and i think that definitely is rooted in this historical shift in the church away from the idea of heaven as a current restoration that's happening right now and more towards this disembodied spiritual place um that where suffering just like magically gets better and like everything now like the state of the world and all of it doesn't really matter because we're going to leave this place and go somewhere else which is like spiritual Mm. when in reality christianity and jesus and the revolution that started quoting anti-right the revolution that started with the church and the kingdom of god is one that is bringing freedom here and heaven is the fulfillment the completion of that mm-hmm. and i think moving away from that which there are several points in history where that happened i would point to the one where one billy graham um you know, was starting his ministry, and he was there was a conference, and there was another man. I cannot, I can't remember his name, but was really trying to emphasize that like social good and like doing justice should be a centerpiece of Billy Graham's evangelism, and they eventually ended up throwing that out because they believed it wasn't as important as preaching the gospel. Um, but my thought is really, and sometimes there's this longing of, like, what could our society look like now if we hadn't thrown that out at that time? Because Billy really ended up being, like, so influential, right, to, like, mm-hmm. the Christian movement. And, like, where could racism be today? Where could our social issues be today if we had, like, seen that as fundamental to the work of the kingdom of God?
1: Yeah, that's crazy. Like, when you change the definition of what heaven is and, like, what we're shooting yeah. for, it changes everything. Like, it changes how you live Mm -hmm. because you're not it's like it's more like non-dual like Mm -hmm. instead of heaven is this other place far away it's like yeah it's more integrated into the current reality Mm -hmm. Mm.
0: and like that's a christianity that non-christians don't like that's why non-christians feel that christianity is so out of touch and so like hypocritical as well
2: because we've made it that way
0: yeah because like the story that i always think of is like you know there was there's a mother who's struggling, like, financially, and someone from the church um, takes her out for, like, coffee to, like, talk to her about whether she knows, has a relationship with God. Which is, like, not inherently a bad thing in itself, but it's just very removed from the realities and sufferings of actual people, which Jesus never was. Mm.
1: So, kind of, like, so we've heard a lot about like what you believe and and why you believe it um like the goal sort of one of the goals of this podcast is like to rebuild mm-hmm. like me and Jason to just like figure out what we believe in mm-hmm. by talking to other people so I I guess I want to understand like how it's like I, I sort of understand a little bit more why and, and what but like how did you actually how, how did you go about this like undoing and then rebuilding process mm-hmm. especially the rebuilding side because so i think it's a little bit easier to see the bad because it's just yeah. all over the place so easy to see mm-hmm. but then like how did you rebuild your faith and what you believe in
0: yeah <clears throat> um i definitely agree that like te- tearing down and deconstructing um i would follow john chafee on this john chafee is also another pastor Um, we'd really recommend his podcast, Begin Again, but, um, is another figure who tends not to use the words deconstruction and reconstruction, um, just because that makes it seem like it's like a one-time, like, you, you deconstruct and then you reconstruct, when in reality, I definitely agree that, like, faith is a growing and evolving process that you're always constantly breaking down and learning and growing in your ideas. And that, like, static nature is something that goes against growth. Um, Mm. But I think for me, sophomore to junior year of college, um, my defining emotion was definitely anger. And this is definitely a cheesy line, but we were in a Zoom call earlier with our friend Brian. And he said, "Um, I learned that, you know, you can't be fueled by hating the system, right? And you really have to be driven by the idea that you really want to love humans and humanity. Um, And I think it was that idea that I kind of switched. And I think a major switch was moving from seeing what our home church did, which was really focused on like, personal individual spiritual growth. Um, I used to definitely look down on that and see that as not important. And like, kind of useless without the social justice aspect. And I think Joseph was also someone who helped me see that, where, like, he was in Hong Kong one summer, and, like, um, we were talking about the role of the church in different aspects. And it's the idea that, like, bringing individual people healing is a really important piece um, through faith and through a relationship with God. Um, But when that individual piece is the only focus you take away the potential impact is it's the idea that when people are whole, they can have whole relationships the way God created Mm. them and they can create more whole communities, right? Which in turn creates a society that looks more like the kingdom of God. And so the work people are doing on an individual level isn't useless. So I think first accepting that helped me not throw out everything Mm-hmm. That I believed.
2: Hmm. My, my follow-up question to that would be like, how did you know that this was the way forward? Like This is like, oh, I will now adopt this belief and live my life through that. How did you know? How are you sure of yourself in those mm. moments? Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I think there is no certainty, and I think the path forward for evolving your faith after an identity crisis Like breaking it all down is the acceptance that you will never have the certainty that you had pre all of this. Mm -hmm. As an evangelical Christian who really believed that the Bible was a literal, ultimate truth and that it can guide you perfectly, which, not that like it cannot guide you and that there isn't a lot of value and inspiration, divine like power, because there definitely is. But I think it's the acceptance. That faith is less about certainty and more about following through because you believe in the person of Jesus or believe in this calling.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: Like, faith is less about, it's not a, a leap of thought, but a leap of action.
1: That's, that's like, that's like very scary to do. Like, once you leave that mode of thinking where you're certain about everything, mm-hmm. and you're kind of, like, safe in your own little bubble, yeah. to going out and taking a leap of faith and never being certain about anything ever again,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like, that's so scary. Okay, so,
0: maybe like, not never being certain about okay, anything. Okay, okay, yeah, not
1: not to that level. But you'll
0: never, yeah, you but may not have that kind of certainty. It's much scary. more
1: ambiguous. Of yes, course. So. And you're always, like, trying to learn, and you're yeah. always trying to grow, so, like, Okay, this is more of a, like, personal question to me, like, or I guess more just something I've been, like, thinking about, and we've talked about it a little bit before, but, like, do you ever get exhausted by, like, learning and, like, stretching yourself? Like, I feel like I enjoy the feeling of growth as well, mm-hmm. but sometimes you just learn so much that it can be exhausting. And I think sometimes you see it in like nonprofit leaders or yes. like pastors, especially. Yes. It's like you get burnt out mm-hmm. from caring too much. Yes. It's like that like empathy exhaustion or whatever they call it, right? Like, do you ever get that?
0: Yeah, I think that's why like sustainability in it and like, I'm not going to use the word balance and not taking it too seriously is mm-hmm. important. Because I think faith is important, worldviews are important, what you believe about the world is fundamental and important. But what's also important is that, like, you exercise and you do things that you like, and, like, you have friends that you like hanging out with and don't always talk about serious things with, and that you're not constantly angry or consumed by this. And I do think that is also a privilege because for certain people and certain identities like your experiences do bleed into like every aspect of your life and there's nothing you can do about that but i think for me having a community where i'm accepted with my faith transitions has helped me not feel as if i'm i must be constantly stretching to have an answer in order for me to have some kind of stability. I think the important thing is being able to rely on God for peace, even though I don't always know who God is.
2: Hmm. I'm curious to see, like, have you ever been at a point where it's like, oh, I'm at a good stopping point, like, I've made progress, like, this is a sort of good checkpoint in terms of figuring out, like, oh, this is something that I can work with, that I can move forward with have you ever been, have you ever seen yourself in those, like, wow, well, like, I've made mm-hmm. progress, like, I'm I'm at a good point?
0: Yeah. I think pre-COVID, I was definitely at a good point that I really believed in this whole restoration and, like, working towards heaven stuff. But I think those checkpoints don't last very long because COVID definitely destroyed it. Like, I had a much stronger belief that God was fundamentally good and working towards good before, like, 500 million people in this country just died, mm-hmm. you know? Like... There's certain events that, like, your faith is not equipped to handle, and that's okay. Because you'll grow through that, but before COVID, I would definitely say the checkbook. Also, I had a thought, going back to Joseph's previous question about exhaustion. I think something, um... (sighs) The Rabbi Dania Rottenberg, we're reading a book by her, definitely mentioned this. I don't know if the word is di... and it's not diarrhea. Binging? Diary, I don't know why diary. I thought of diarrhea. No, no, no. It's okay, it's the idea that a lot of Christians cons- consume a ton of information, like binging food, but mm-hmm. you never digest it.
1: Oh, that's so true.
0: And yeah. so, like, you just binge a bunch of information, which for me was, like, being on Christian Twitter too much, which is why I got off of it, and that was very healthy for me. But it's the idea that, for me, thinking about those ideas slowly and not trying to rush your growth and knowing for me that like God is very patient for, with me and doesn't need me to like construct an entire theology and worldview in the next six months. Mm. And like, same thing with like this like hundred days thing. Like you're not trying to like <laughs> cram in a bunch of information and then like hope something sticks. I guess. Mm-hmm. It's more just, for me, the process of, like, digesting is writing blog posts, for example. And it took me a really long time to start writing them. So it took me a really long time to start making those connections in a way that I felt I was happy with.
2: Hmm. I think that's one of the hopes that I have for, you know, this project. It's, like, to be able to digest ideas and beliefs um, and really think about, like, does this align or is this something that i see myself growing into and, and living my life having believed in this 24 7 in a way
0: mm-hmm.
2: and i think it only takes a lot of time and thought to get there
0: and i think it will help give direction like spiritual direction for the future which is I feel like this um, podcast is very timely because we're kind of in a period of transition in our lives, like out of college and into the working world where this kind of direction feels like even more needed.
2: (laughs) Hmm, Absolutely.
1: Other thoughts? Want to do a closing question? Sure. All right.
0: Wow, yeah, this is great. I just get to talk and no one interrupts me. <laughs> I know, isn't that great? <laughs> Talking
1: about yourself is fun. So fun. <laughs> Wait, uh, Jason, did you have a closing question or do you want me to? My through? closing question.
2: Hmm. I will defer. Okay.
0: Mm, much like the wife.
1: <laughs> <laughs> is this like, an abusive relationship, Jason?
2: I am the wife in the Joseph Jason 100 Days Report <laughs> Project. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Carolyn. So. Um,
1: if there's, if you could say something to your middle or high school self, what would it be?
0: Sometimes I'm like, I almost wouldn't want her to change her path or have developed quicker or have learned a lesson sooner. Because I don't think it would have made sense then because you require those experiences to move forward. But I think what I would tell her is to make more friends with non Christians and non Asians. Mm, and I would tell advice. that to my college self and I would tell that to myself now.
1: <laughs> Same.
0: <laughs> but I mean mm. I don't I have not taken that advice now. So it'd be a little hypocritical of me, but I would still say that to her
2: nice good well that concludes our first episode of thank
0: the you all
1: Day for
2: Rebuild. having
0: me
1: thanks for being our first guest good combo
2: we'll be thinking about these ideas and putting them into
0: your digestive system we'll be
2: digesting for you know for the, the next 99 days you know as we really fold this into like where we came from where we believe and mm-hmm. how we want to believe moving forward and so yeah i'm excited for this journey